sadly, I don't have a PowerPoint, so you'll just have to listen tonight. <laughs> There's nothing to look at on the screens. But we're in our last um, lesson six of prayer life. And tonight we're going to talk about spirit-led prayer. And this has been a different kind of a series. <coughs> it hasn't been a step-by-step, -step, a 29-step you know, way of how to get your prayers answered, but we're talking about a prayer life. We've been laying a foundation for an effectual prayer life, and an effectual prayer life is one that gets answers. And there is not a step-by-step -step for that. There's not a manual for that. But we looked at, at several different things that laid a foundation for how we can live a life of answered prayer. Prayer is not just... Uh, in the Jesus' name, that's not when he starts listening. And when we say amen, it's not when he stops listening. It's part of our life. It's a living, breathing, continuous, ongoing conversation with God, with the one who answers. It's not just knowing what he said, but it's knowing whom. Paul said, he didn't say, I know what I believe. He said, I know whom I believe. And that was one of the keys to the reason that his prayers got answered. It wasn't just what he believed, it was who he believed. And we talked about that. We talked about that when we talked about John 15, 7, about abiding vitally united to the vine, that it's vital for our Christian life, it's vital for our prayer life to stay connected to Jesus 24, 7. And we talked about the word as our foundation, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have granted to us as our present possession those things we desired of him. His will is found in his word. And so we talked about all those things. And it's like uh, not just a manual, but it's a conversation. It's like if I asked Pastor Michael, can you help me in the morning clean the kitchen? He's going to say yes. He wants to do those dishes for me. <laughs> I'm not looking over there. <laughs> Why would he want to do the dishes? I know, right? But I can come up to him and ask him for him, his help and have full confidence that he's going to help me. Why? Because I followed a manual? Because I did steps one, two, and three? No, because I have a relationship with him. Because I know him, and he knows me, and I have full confidence because of my relationship with him that he's going to answer. No, I'm not going to ask anything outside of his limitations. I'm not going to ask him to go buy me a Mercedes tomorrow because I know that's not within his realm of limitation. <laughs> I'm realistic. But guess what? God has no limitations. There's no end to his power. There's no end to his provision. You cannot outneed the provision of God. Amen? You cannot outneed the provision of God. And there's nothing in your life that you're facing that is bigger than the power of God. He's not afraid of your situation. He's not afraid of what you're facing because he's greater, he's bigger, he's stronger, he's higher. He's God. And we can have full confidence when we come to him and ask him for his help because of our relationship with him, because we laid that foundation in abiding in the vine, because it's an intimate, continuous relationship conversation with God. 
Now, as I was getting ready for tonight, I thought there are so many things that we've left unsaid. We haven't talked about the prayer of consecration. We haven't talked about the prayer of faith. We haven't talked about the power of corporate prayer or the prayer of agreement or intercession or the name of Jesus in prayer or the authority of the believer. And the list could really go on and on. But, you know, just we have a, as Browns fans, we have a saying, right? Anybody know it? There's always next year. So (laughs) we've left a lot of things unsaid, but guess what? There's always next January. We can start again next year on some of these issues. But when I was praying tonight about which part of prayer he wanted me to end on, I really just kept coming back to spirit-led prayer. And we're going to get into this tonight. Ephesians 6.18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And I'm going to read it in a couple different translations. And we have read it from time to time through this series. It says, pray always, pray in the spirit, pray about everything in every way that you know how. And keeping all this in mind, pray on behalf of God's people. Keep on praying fervently and be on the lookout until evil has been stayed. And now that's the voice translation. And I'm going to read it in the NIV. Hang tight. It says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray always. Pray in the Spirit. And we're going to talk about this tonight. And for most of us, we're a Pentecostal church, right? So when I say pray in the Spirit, what pops to mind? Praying in tongues. But that's not just what we're going to talk about tonight. Praying in tongues is a form of praying by the unction of the Holy Spirit. But did you know that you can pray by the unction of the Holy Spirit in English? (laughs) You can. You can pray things that you don't know about by the unction of the Holy Spirit in your known language. And remember when we were first getting filled with the Holy Spirit? Remember, think back. For those of you that are, and if you're not, you're going to have an opportunity at the end tonight, but think back to when you first got baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. A little nerve-wracking. Who was nervous? Go ahead, raise your hands. Took a lot of faith to step over into that realm and speak in a language that you didn't understand, didn't it? But how many of you can do it without even thinking now? Doesn't take much faith. In fact, your mind can start to wander. And my mind does wander. (laughs) But it takes even more faith then to jump back into praying in English by the unction and the power of the Holy Spirit on things that we don't understand. And so this is what we're going to look at tonight. God wants us to pray for our needs. He does. But he sees everything. And there are things that he wants his church to be praying about that have not yet been revealed even in the news. He sees tomorrow more clearly than we see yesterday. And so we want to look at this whole area tonight. We're not just, we don't want to just do cleanup in prayer. And sometimes that's kind of where our prayer goes to. You get the call. Sister so-and-so was in an accident. Can you pray for her? Right? So-and-so got rushed to the hospital. Can you pray? The Twin Towers fell. We need to hit our knees and pray. But it's praying behind. 
we're praying at things that have already happened. But there's a prayer to avert. Right? There's a prayer that we can pray out ahead of things to avert those situations. And that's what we want to look at tonight. We don't just want to pray behind. We want to pray ahead. And guess what? This takes a really close walk with the Holy Spirit. This takes really knowing the voice of our Father to be so in tune to him that we can hear what's going to happen tomorrow and put our voice to it and put his will to it and pray it. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14. And I'm going to get through this, and then I want to spend some time praying tonight if we can, if I can talk fast enough to get through it. So I'll talk fast. You guys listen fast. <laughs> that will be good. First Corinthians 14, 1 through 2. So in everything, strive to love, passionately seek the gifts of the Spirit, especially the gift of prophecy. Now, we talk a lot about the prophetic here. And, you know, we minister prophetically. Pastor Michael will have words. Pastor Daniel, Pastor Dan, they'll have words for people, words in general. We talk a lot about the prophetic, but do you know you can, there's such a thing as prophetic prayer. It doesn't even have to necessarily be done in front of everybody. So when the Bible says seek to prophesy, it doesn't always mean from up here. It doesn't always mean from a microphone. It doesn't even always mean face-to-face with someone. You can prophesy to him. And you can prophesy from his unction into things in this earth. And so when it says seek to prophesy, I want us to open and expand our thinking on that a little bit. Because you can do that in your prayer room with no one else even there. So seek to prophesy. Verse 2, you see a person speaking in an unknown language is not addressing the church because he is really addressing God. Those who overhear it don't understand because he is speaking in the Spirit the depths of the mysteries of the Lord. And there's another translation that says we don't understand because we're speaking mysteries unto God. And when we're praying in other tongues... We are speaking mysteries unto God. But if we read down later in this chapter, it says to seek to interpret. And that, again, doesn't just mean here. It doesn't mean just speaking out in tongues in, in a service and then having someone interpret that in a service. This was meant to happen in your own prayer life. And if you read through 1 Corinthians 14, and I'm going to encourage you to do that for homework. For time's sake, we're not going to read the whole chapter tonight. But Paul says, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. He did it continuously. He spoke in tongues. He prayed prophetically. It says, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with my understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with my understanding also. I will pray prophetically, and then I'll interpret what I'm praying. I'll speak it out. I'll declare it in this earth as prayer. Again, it doesn't have to happen face-to-face. It's not me coming up to Dixie saying, let's say it the Lord. But it's God putting something in your heart that he needs prayed. Remember, was it last, not last week, the last time we ministered where we said Charles Wesley said, it seems that God can do nothing in this earth unless we pray because he's bound by his word. He needs us as his mouthpiece in this earth using our authority for him to be able to move. And so there's things that he needs spoken out 
prophetically in prayer that he needs us to open our mouths and give voice to. We just need to know that we can. So Some people haven't even heard that this is a possibility, that this is within their realm of influence, within their realm of I can do this. And so I want us to see this tonight so that we can go forth and do it. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go to Genesis and look at an example of what this looks like. Genesis 18, we're going to start in verse 16. Abraham, one of my faves. <laughs> Let me see. 18, 15, we're going to read it in the NIV. <clears throat> And this is when the three visitors came and he entertained them at the tent, the angels. Remember, and they said, this time next year, Sarah's going to have a baby. And Sarah laughed. And they said, why did Sarah laugh? And Sarah said, I didn't laugh. Same visitors. Verse 16. When these men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom. And Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. And then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is just and right so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? And then the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? We destroy the whole city from the lack of five people. If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, Abraham spoke up. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. And we know the story on and on down to 10. What if there's only 30? For 30, I won't do it. What if there's only 20? I mean, Abraham's thinking, surely Lot at least got five people to come on board with the Lord. <laughs> you know, for 10. I think if he'd have gone down to five, God would have still spared it. But what I want us to see here is God said to Abraham, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Shall I hide from Abraham what's about to happen? He didn't come up to him and say, Abraham, now the news said today that Sodom and Gomorrah was about to be destroyed. You better get on your knees and pray. No, God revealed something to Abraham that was about to happen. And then Abraham interceded. You see that? Are you with me? Spirit-led prayer. You're all quiet. <laughs> Spirit-led prayer. 
We don't want just demand-based prayer. We want supply-based prayer. This is what Jesus did. And if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus didn't respond to the news. He didn't respond to what was going around him in the world. He responded to the supply. And the Bible says in John 7, anyone who's thirsty can come to me and drink. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, Spirit-led prayer, who was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so when you're drinking of that river, that's the supply. That's the life of God. That's the wisdom of God. That's the unction of God. That's the word of God coming in so that the rivers can flow out. Are you with me? All right, I'm going to give you some examples just to kind of stir it up a little bit. I'm trying to keep this short so we have enough time to pray. Has anyone ever heard of Reese Howells? Anybody? Anybody? He was a prayer back during World War One, Two, Two, World War Two. I get my World Wars confused. World War Two, And his book is amazing. It's called Reese Howells' Intercessor, and you can find it on Amazon. I have it on my Kindle. But there was one story that stuck out to me in particular. He had a Bible school. And so during World War II, they had prayer three times a day for the war. But before they went into, I think it was evening prayer, this was the night before the Battle of Salerno. And it was a really, um, that was a tough battle for the Allied troops. And so Reese Howells had it in his heart that they were to pray, and they were to pray some specific things. God had given them some very specific things to pray about the paratroopers and about just kind of plans and different things. And so he went into his Bible school students, and they all hit their knees and started praying for this battle that had not yet happened, specifically things, very specific in fact, so specific that when the newspaper came out with the victory and the report of the victory of it, what was written in their journals was also written in the paper. Very, very specific things. It's amazing. But that was supply-based. They didn't wait till after the Battle of Salerno happened to clean up the mess. God directed them to pray things ahead of time to ensure the victory. And isn't that better? Both are good. (laughs) Both are fine. God will answer demand-based prayer. He's not picky. He's not prejudiced. Supply-based, demand-based. He answers prayer. But wouldn't it be better (laughs) to avert a situation than have to clean up after it? Like when... um, in Acts, can't remember the chapter, but when the Herod took James and beheaded him, executed him, and he arrested Peter too, and then Peter was on trial or in jail waiting, and the church went to prayer for Peter. That was demand-based prayer, and guess what? God answered. <laughs> the angel went and you know rescued him from prison. God answers demand-based prayer, but there's also another side of it that He wants us to see in the supply-based prayer. So I remember sitting in Bible school, 
this story that Brother Hagen used to tell about this little lady in his church that, that was um, very given to this style of prayer, this supply-based prayer. And one night, in the middle of the night, she even wrote down in her journal what time she was praying. She got up and she was praying. She was interceding for someone. She didn't even know who it was. She kind of had a sense of who it was, but didn't know. So she prayed. She prayed in English. She prayed in the Spirit. She prayed for hours until she felt a release in her heart. She felt the praise come. She started worshiping God. She knew whatever it was she was praying for, that it was broken, and she went back to bed. And it turned out months later when there was a missionary that they had supported that came to their church uh, when they were back in the States, told a story about how he was kidnapped one night by the um, natives and held, brand, or held captive in a tent. They were going to execute him and eat him the next day. <laughs> but then all of a sudden they came to get him and there were two giant angels outside of his tent. His captors fell on the ground, started worshiping him because they thought he was some kind of deity, and they let him go. And it turned out that those two events happened at the very same time. Crisis averted. So they weren't praying for comfort for his widow to clean up after a mess. They were praying for protection on the front end, but there was nobody that knew that but God. How cool is God? Who doesn't want to do that? Anybody not want to do this kind of prayer? I love this kind of prayer. It's an adventure with God. And so I've had a few of these on my, my own. I remember one night, Alex was little, and Mookie was little. I don't even know if we had Allie. She might have been a baby. But I, we were in bed one night. I woke up in the middle of the night, had this horrible dream of a little, or not little, of a blonde-headed boy laying on the ground just covered in blood. So, of course, I have a blonde-headed boy <laughs> who I did not want to see laying on the ground covered in blood. So I got up and I just started praying, Father, is it Alex? Is this for Alex? We just plead the blood over Alex. I just ask you for protection for Alex. Whatever this is, we ask you to send your angels ahead of it. And I kind of got the sense that it wasn't Alex, so I went a little deeper into prayer, and I just started praying, and I was writing in my journal when I was praying, and very specific things, and praying for this boy's internal organs, and by name, and just different things, but very specific. And then it turned out that we found out it was pastors that we know in Hawaii. Their son was mugged. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time and was mugged at knife point. And so his muggers attacked him with the knife, missed every internal organ, every single one. Everything that I had prayed, that the Lord had lead me to pray, it protected every single part of that. And he was fine, completely healthy. What should have ended his life did not God is faithful. Amen. I remember praying one time, because <clears throat> you got to be open to whatever he needs prayed. I was praying one time and just kind of worshiping and just spending some quiet time. 
And he spoke to my heart and he said, do you want to see what I see? I was like, that would be really cool. Miracles, right? (laughs) Signs and wonders and rivers and, you know, all these things started popping in my head. Yes, I want to see what you see. He said, are you sure you want to see what I see? I said, I absolutely want to see what you see. He said, because I see everything. And I just started having pictures in my heart of kidnapped girls, of rape victims, of sex trafficking victims, of murder victims, of all these things. He goes, I see it all. And I thought, Father, if you need someone to pray, I'm your girl. Wake me up. (laughs) Whatever you need to do. If I can avert any of these, wake me up and use me. Supply-based prayer. Spirit-led prayer. So we're not praying for comfort for someone's family. So that we're praising God for protection for something that didn't happen. And you know, the thing about this kind of prayer is, you don't always get to see the answer. When something's averted, there's times that you don't even know that it was averted. You know, you had a sense to pray. You know that you prayed. I even write down in my journal what I prayed. But you don't always get to be in on the answer of that. And you have to be all right with that. You have to be all right with that. You have to be able to just let it go and trust that you did what you were supposed to do. He did what he was supposed to do. And it all worked out okay. I was praying one other time for this boy in Hawaii. He went, took a wrong path, made some wrong decisions, got hooked on, on drugs. And um, I, was, I actually started out just having a sense for Hawaii. So I started praying for Hawaii. And I, I love it there. It's my favorite place that I've seen so far in the earth. And... Um, but I, I, I always said I, I didn't want to move there. It was an island, and it was far, and it's expensive. So I started having a burden for it, though. So I went for a walk, started praying. I said, Lord, I'm sorry. If you want us to move there, I will. It's far from my family. It's far from everything. It's not what I want to do. It's not an atmosphere I want to raise my kids in. But if that's where you want us, I'm all right with it. And I knew that wasn't it. Thank God. <laughs> so I started pushing into it a little bit more, praying just a little bit more. And this boy came to mind again. Father, I lift him up to you, and I just, just plead the blood over him, and I started praying for him, interceding for him all day long. All day long. And I found out the next day that he went on a drug-induced Killing spree. Killed a mother right in front of her daughter. Tried to shoot the police when they cornered him, and they would not kill him. And I was devastated. I sat on my porch swing for days. Father, I don't understand. I prayed. You put that in my heart. I prayed it out. Why did this happen? Why? Why did you still let this happen? And all he said was, imagine how bad it would have been 
if you hadn't prayed. But can <laughs> you want to hear the rest of the story? He is in prison for life, obviously, serving God, leading Bible studies, leading prisoners to the Lord every day. He said, I might be in prison, but I'm free. I might be in prison now, but I'm free. So there might be some things that you might not get the answer to. There might be some things that you don't understand even after you prayed. But it's always better to pray, right? <laughs> it's always better to pray, amen. Now, this kind of prayer, there's some things to guard against because you don't want to start doing this to everybody. Blah, 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 blah. I prayed for this day, and I prayed for this day. I got up in here, and he prayed for this day. I want to pray for this today, and he prayed, I prayed for this today. Or if he puts someone on your heart, right, and he has you pray a little bit, oh, I was praying for you today. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> there can be some tendencies to get into pride and arrogance. I prayed for that. Well, you and the other thousand people that he put the same person on their heart. <laughs> there might be someone over in Africa praying for you right now. <laughs> so we want to guard against pride. If you feel the need to blab to somebody, write it in your journal. Guard in any kind of prayer. In any kind of prayer, it can be easy to get prideful. I prayed for that. I confessed for that. I spoke for that. I, I, I. Yeah, without he, 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 nothing would have happened, right? We can talk to him, we're blue in the face, but it's his power and his faithfulness and his answer that makes the difference. Amen? Amen. So are we going to guard against pride? Say, I will guard, I will guard. against pride. <laughs> Write it in your journal if you have to. Because, you know, sometimes we just feel the need to share. And it might come up in something like this later, where you're teaching someone or, or ministering to someone or doing something one-on-one -on -one where it comes out as an example. That's okay. But, you know, we, you understand. You understand. We want to guard against pride. And the last thing before we start to pray is that we don't want to put our own interpretation on it. Right? The Bible says we see in part... And we know in part. And trust me, when he gives you something to pray, he's only given you part. Because <laughs> he's got someone over here praying the other part, someone over here praying the other part, and when everybody prays together, it makes the whole. And that helps guard against pride. But you don't want to put your own interpretation on it. Because we sometimes don't see things right. I'm going to give you a quick example, and then we're going to pray. Matthew 16, Peter, love Peter, he was an interesting fellow, very outspoken, Matthew 16, 23. Right before this happened, <clears throat> Jesus said, who, do man, who does man say that I am? And they said, some say you're Elijah, you know, some say you're the prophet, you know, but who do you say I am? And he said, I, we Peter said, I say that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, 
My Father in heaven has revealed this unto you. Good job, Peter. Right answer. Here's your gold star. Way to go. And then you come down six verses. <laughs> and uh, in verse 21, it says, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed on the third day and be raised to life. So Peter said, Amen. Mm -mm. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. Redemption of mankind shall never happen. That's what Peter was really saying. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And the New Living Translation, I like the way it says it. He says, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's view. So you got to keep this in mind when you're praying, that we don't want to put our interpretation on it. If Peter had been praying about the cross, he would have prayed it never happened. He would have been praying opposed to the will of God because he wasn't seeing things the way that God did. And so that's one thing that I pray a lot Father, help me not to see it through my filter. Because we all have a filter. Father, help me to see what you see and to pray what you need said. And that's where praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues, comes in real handy. Because you can't put your own spin on it. <laughs> When you're praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, the Bible says we're praying perfect prayers, we're speaking forth the mysteries of God. So, are you ready to pray? Are you ready to pray some mysteries? Ready to pray according to the will of God? Can you play? Can I, I'm going to have him play, just in case he wants to sing or have some unction or something. So, he's got the unction. <laughs> Is there anyone who's not filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, that would like to be? Mary Lou? Any volunteers to pray with Mary Lou? Come on. They're going to pray with you. This is your night, girlfriend. <laughs> so we're going to pray are you ready to pray hallelujah let me get this out of the way so I can pace I like to pace and pray so one thing that's helpful when we're praying corporately is to have a united focus and so I think one thing that we need as a nation a united focus on, and it's never too early to start praying for the elections next year. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> 
so we're going to try to pray with that in mind as our focal point. But as you're praying, I kind of want you to, to dig into praying by that unction in the Spirit. Kind of pray in English. You can pray what the Word has to say. You can pray for revival in Washington, however He leads you to pray. But I want us to take, take just these last 10 minutes and focus in on what Holy Spirit is praying. Okay, are you with me? You can stand, you can sit, you can kneel, you can lay, you can, however you're more comfortable praying, go that way. Is it distracting for you guys if I leave my mic on when we pray or do you want me to turn it off? Either way, okay. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the unction of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. Father, there's nothing that you don't see. There's nothing yet to come that hasn't entered your mind and that you don't already have a plan for. And so, Father, we just pray for unction. We pray for your understanding. We pray for your wisdom and your will to come forth in our prayer tonight. In Jesus' name, open our eyes and open our mouths, Father, to see and to speak and to declare what you see and what you need spoken and what you need declared. Hallelujah. Doriat Karamanza, Don de Lebesta Cranje di Beche, Deva Nica Atal Sun the Cranje, Echanicans and Moons and the Cranje de Kai, O Ramanda Cate, Hallelujah, Halamezetes of Riticanjane, and the Diazit Christian Nicades of Rata, You are the one who directs the rulers. You tear them down. You raise them up. You set them in place like chess pieces on a board, Father. Hallelujah. And it is not a mystery to you. So have your way. You already have someone picked out in mind for the next president of the United States. So open the doors that need to be opened and close the doors that need to be shut. Oh, remove the obstacles in Jesus' name. Don't be a tacan, rubber, 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 rubber
it's going to be politics (laughs) but that's my passion but here's the thing you each have your own passion you don't have to have my passion there i knew a, a woman once who said she just prayed for the men in the church that was her thing she prayed for them every day and i'm like i don't do that i should do that and the lord said no i put something in your heart and i put something in her heart and there's something in his heart and there's something in her heart because if we all did the same thing only one thing got covered, right? So as you're praying and going through your days, you know, it doesn't even take hours. We took 10 minutes and accomplished much yeah, yeah. and released power in the spirit, right? God is working based on what we just did in the last 10 minutes. And so if somebody comes to your mind, you're not just supposed to think happy thoughts about them. Release some prayer for them. Proverbs 10 says that the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. And so whenever someone comes to mind or a situation or something and that fear starts to rise up or anger or depression or whatever that is triggered, it's okay to have thoughts. It's okay to have those things come up. But what the words of the godly do is release life. Amen. And now we can release life out ahead of things. Amen. Now that we know who's going to start praying to avert, we're going to do some supply-based praying in the days to come. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for what was released tonight and what was imparted, what was deposited into our hearts. I just pray that as we go forth, Father, that this would come alive on the inside of us, that now every time that we we look to you, Father, we'll be saying, what do you need prayed? What do you need prayed? And that we answer that call, that we will pray what you see, we will see, and what burns your heart, we will pray, Father. We commit to it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God's good. So not next week, but the week after, healing school. Yes. So invite your friends. We'll probably put something out on Facebook to spread around. But Pastor Allen is one of the most succinct and 
clear and amazing teachers on the subject of prayer that I have ever heard. He's one of my very favorites, so you're not going to want to miss it. So you guys are dismissed. Have a great night.